hello, hello, and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. What is up, Fucked Up Fam? It's your girl. You already know the drill. But if you don't, here it is. That's That Show Fuck Me Up is a podcast where I talk about TV shows that fuck me up. Straight to the point. Really self-explanatory. This season, well, this is the wrap-up episode for season 11, which I covered Skins UK. So if this is the first time you're listening to me, go back to the beginning of the season. If you were raised by Skins UK, as I was, you would want you will want to relive it, okay? You will go and listen to my beautiful little voice, retell the episode, and then you'll get to hear my unfiltered thoughts. But like I mentioned, today is the wrap-up episode for the first season of Skins UK. So as most of you know, or if you don't know, Skins UK is based off of Generations. So Generation, the first generation is seasons one and two. And originally, my thought was like, I'm just going to cover season one and two straight. Like, I'm just going to I'm just going to power through it and just cover the first and second seasons of Skins. And then just so I could cover that first generation. But <laughs> I need a break from Skins. I need a I need a break from Skins. I need a little something in the middle and then i'll cover season two or whenever you know whenever i get the chance to cover it but don't worry it's coming uh but yes what what do i have to share with y'all today let's just jump directly into personal updates so i'm recording this during the like the days between christmas and new year so i'll talk about a little bit about my holiday also happy holidays um by the time you hear this wait yeah but by the time you hear this episode it's the new year already so happy new year fucked up fam i literally adore you i'm grateful for y'all um i hope 2024 is good to you i hope 2024 is the year that you make it you. It's gonna be your year. Whatever that means, I know good things are fucking coming. Am I being optimistic? I have to be. (laughs) Sweetie pie, darling, I have to be optimistic because I just want what's best for all of you, what's best for me. I'm I think 2023 was a good year. I thrived. I uh you know visited a lot of places. It was the first time I traveled by myself it was literally a journey (laughs) but i'm ready for 2024 i'm gonna grab 2024 by the balls by the ovaries by whatever it has and we're just gonna roll we're gonna have a good fucking time money is gonna flow to me and we're gonna manifest amazing things and i'm gonna manifest amazing things for the podcast because i want the podcast to succeed i want to continue to put out content for y'all i really like talking into a little mic actually disclaimer i'm recording this from my childhood home so i'm recording this without a mic and just with my headphones because you know it has a built-in mic you know how headphones work right do i have to explain it to you (laughs) Um, hopefully this audio is good. Like I mentioned, when I'm home, there's not a lot of background noise like in my apartment in San Diego. So I feel like the audio is probably better, even though I don't have all of my recording equipment. But yes, 
I'm excited for 2024. I hope y'all had a happy holidays for those that celebrate. I hope being with your family wasn't too hard. Being with my family was great, uh, but I know sometimes the the holidays are really hard for some of y'all. And I empathize with you. But again, let's go straight to personal updates. Like I said, I'm recording this from my childhood home, from my childhood room. Actually, it's not my room anymore. (laughs) Tell me why me, my sister, and my brother all have our shit in here. So I don't know if I told y'all, but my grandma got a divorce recently after 35 years of marriage. She was like, I want to live the rest of my life in peace and just thrive. And I was like, city girls up. We love this. Um... So she sold her house. My aunt and my cousin were living with her. So they all moved in to my parents' house or like my childhood home. So it was a different type of Christmas, but it was great. Like there was so many people here. We made do with what we had and we're making the best of it. And honestly, it's great to just like be able to spend more time with my grandma, with my aunt, with my with my cousin. It's been a great time right now. Uh, What did I do? So as you know, Mexicans, or as maybe you don't know, we celebrate Christmas on the 24th on Christmas Eve. Not on Christmas Eve Eve, like Phoebe would say, not the 23rd, but the 24th. And growing up, it was always kind of like frantic, right? Because we would go to my mom's side of the family first. And then like halfway through that party, we would leave to go to my dad's side of the family. And we did that all over again this year. So we're still growing up. We're still, it's still a frantic holiday. But it was nice to just be able to spend time with the family. Like my extended family, like cousins, uncles, aunts, people I hadn't seen in so long. And I met my new niece. So it's, it's been, it was good. It was good. How, I don't know if I mentioned it to y'all, but I was, I wanted to write a play for like my dad's side of my family to like act. So it was like a reading and I did end up writing it and it was so much fun. I wrote it all in Spanish. Um, it's about these two elves that are taking like their 15 minute break from the, like the toy factory and they're complaining about work and then a little like devil comes over and she's talking to them and then she's like she like asks for their help on getting her dad out of his office and then like santa claus shows up it's a whole thing but i cast it like my family members and it was so much fun to just see them like act and read my work also i casted my dad as the devil tell me why he's a great fucking actor who would have known who would have known he got like so into his character he did like a deeper voice he spoke with like a little accent because I wrote the I wrote that character thinking of like a, a Sinaloan accent um which is like mija you know <laughs> well maybe you don't know you probably don't know but it was so much fun I had a lot of fun and then Christmas the next day my mom made menudo dude if you're a menudo hater like we can't be friends this house we stand and we love menudo if you can't get over the texture we're gonna fight so i'm gonna if you don't like menudo dm me i'll send you my location and then we'll fight it out till the death we'll fight to the death to uh protect menudo's integrity (laughs) but my mom made menudo we opened presents so in my in my family it's always a tradition growing up we're like oh we don't have money to get presents for everyone so we were just like oh let's do secret santa so we would only have to get one gift and we did that again and we included my uh my grandma and my 
cousin and then we did that but I still wanted to get something like a small little gift for everyone so I did that too and my brother he's he has a big boy job now too so he got gifts for everyone as well it was so nice usually the 25th we go to my uncle's house and it's like a smaller celebration but still like we get together but this year it was so I was in pajamas all fucking day and it was beautiful I felt like I could see clear like I literally showered and got back to wear those same fucking pajamas. I mean, mind you, the pajamas were really cute. They're juicy couture, juicy couture, couture. I can't pronounce that, but it says juicy on the butt. <laughs> and they're like, what's that material? Uh, that like soft, not, not silk, not satin. Velour, is that a type of clothing material? I, you know, who the fuck cares? But yeah, yes, uh, Christmas was fun. It was nice. I, I don't have th- bad things to say about it. Also, my friend Jessica, Jessie, Jessie Bear, came to visit me, her and her sister and two of their friends. They stayed with me for a day. Uh, it was nice. I hadn't seen Jessie in a while. I think she came in August. Or was it September? I don't remember. But she lives in Sacramento and she was like my first friend at, in like college. And I love her to death. They came down to uh, SoCal to go to Countdown to the rave thingy. And they were like, go with us. And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. My body can't take it. I'm an old lady. I told her, if you want me to go to like a rave with you or like to a, like a music thingy, it only has to be one day. I My body could only do one day of hood rat things you know (laughs) i'm 28 years old motherfuckers like i don't have the energy i used to have anymore but they got there like um jesse's uh sister yara she wanted to hit up some coffee shops because she's really into coffee so they got they went to this uh coffee shop in barrio logan when they got here right away they're fucking insane they drove Wednesday they left like Wednesday at like around 11 p.m and they got to San Diego like around Thursday 8 a.m and I'm like y'all are fucking crazy and Jessica my friend Jesse drove most of the way I could never I would die I would fall asleep at the wheel and crash that's why that's why when I go to SAC or to uh NorCal um I fly I can't, I can't drive for long periods of time. It's horrible. Last time I did, I drove to Vegas and I wanted to literally unalive myself on the way back because there was so much fucking traffic and I can't drive by LA during rush hour. Absolutely fucking not. But they came, we went to go get food and then later at night, dude, like they were so tired. We napped like twice that day. It was great. Isn't it great just like staying home? Isn't staying home so much fun? And you just snap and you just have a great time. And then you just watch TikTok and then you watch TV and then you eat again. And then I took them to North Park. Of course, of course, I had to take them to 619. They had nothing but good things to say about 619 because I went with people that like pickles. So, of course, we drank a pickle tickle. Lovely, iconic. If you have not gone to 619 and you are from San Diego and or you've been to San Diego, what are you doing with your life? I honestly I should become a spokesperson for 619 Spirits in North Park. 
you need to pull up. And if you want me to pull up with you, just give me a little text, give me a little DM, and we'll go together. How does how the fuck does that sound? Doesn't that that, that sound amazing? Yes, it is. They also have really good fries. So it's a win-win. And then after that, where did I take them? Oh, they wanted to go to CoinOp. So we went to CoinOp for a bit. And then after that, I think after CoinOp, we went to True North and we just had one more drink. And then they were like, oh, we're tired. Some of them were tired. Some of them weren't. But the like the consensus was like to go home early. So we did. And we grabbed papitas, like chips. And we made some chips with like cucumber and lime and chile and chamoy and tajin and it was delicious and we got twisted and we watched the office and it was great great fucking time 10 out of 10 and then they left uh friday night because i i came back i drove down to calexico like back because i was up in san diego uh yesterday which was friday the 29th because my friend nancy um hosted a surprise birthday party a 50th birthday party for her mom and it was at my house it was so funny when i got the invite it was like location and it's like mama liz's house and my mom's name is liz and everyone's like calls my mom mama liz because she was everyone's mom's growing up like you want lunch? My mom would always pack me extra fucking lunch so I could feed people that didn't take lunches. Like, she was always giving rights to everyone. Honestly, shout out to my mom, dude. How did she do it? She was working full-time. She had three children. She took us to, like, classes. Like, she was. we were always involved in shit. We were always playing basketball, tennis. Like, dude, how do parents do it? My respect to involved parents can we tip our hats off right now for them because because you know there's the parents that are just like literally doing the bare minimum no my mom was showing up and squaring up and she was doing all that she could so we, we could have a pleasant experience and i think maybe it's her trauma i just kidding maybe her parents weren't as present as she would have wanted them to be so like she's making up for what she lacked in with us but i she was an amazing amazing cheerleader to all of our like the shit that we did growing up she would always show up and i'm so grateful for that honestly i'm so grateful because um so during christmas my on my mom's side of the family like the older siblings so like my my great uncles no yeah, so my grandma's siblings, and they all stood up there, and they gave, like, little speech, and one of the things my uncle said is, like, we're so fucking grateful in comparison to other people and other families, and all this, honestly, I'll be the first to say it, I am, I'm so fucking grateful, uh, do I wish I had more stuff, do I wish I had more money, absolutely, because money makes the go the world go around and if I had more money I would retire my parents I would buy a house for my grandma and my aunt I would buy a house for myself I would pay off help other people buy their house I feel like as long as you got your house paid off a lot of shit will come easier like imagine having that extra money um but at the end of the day I'm so lucky I'm so grateful I'm healthy and that's all I can possibly ask for I mean, maybe I could ask for more, but it's fine. Right now, it's fine. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So, yeah, my friends came over. We threw the 50th uh, 
surprise birthday party for my friend's mom, who's actually, she was also our basketball coach growing up. So we have so much love for her. And I I was so happy to host them here. And she was so happy and surprised. And it just brought so much joy to my heart. And then again, seeing my high school friends, I saw them again, the ones that I saw at the wedding that I recently went to. It was great. At the end of the day, like the friends that I had growing up, they're family. Like (laughs) we're fucking family. You're never going to get rid of me. I'm sorry. It's how it is. Um, So I think that's it for personal day. I wanted to share something else, but then I got really sad and I'm getting really sad right now. (laughs) Oh, might as well just share it. So no, I'm so sad now. And I was doing so good, but then I got really sad. So my dog, my 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 dachshund, Caritino, they like diagnosed him with like little skin cancers in between his toes. So he has surgery, but now he like like he has skin cancer. So we're just like gonna have to monitor him. And I'm, oh my god, dogs are literally man, woman's, and people's best friends. Like. My dogs bring so much joy to me and the fact that he's sick and like there's nothing I could do about it. And it's just like, like dogs are more prone to those sicknesses. Just like it breaks my little heart because I can't do anything for him, but just love him. And now I'm so sad. Like I'm literally crying. My cousin's probably, like, listening in, and he's like, why the fuck is this bitch crying? No, but it's fine. Like, we're, like, manifesting for him to get better and for him not to be in pain because he had to have surgery to remove the little tumors in between his, like, pato or, like, his little toe beans. Um, But I think he's getting better. Oh, my God. Okay, it's really hard for me to talk about this, but I wanted to share this update with y'all. I don't know. Do I ever talk about my dogs here? Well, it's because they don't live with me in San Diego, but they're like my dogs. And like, I just love them so much. I have two dachshunds, Mali and then Caritino. Mali is Caritino's mom and Caritino's sick and Mali is old. She's going to be 14 this year, like 2024. And I'm like, I'm thinking about it. I'm 28 years old. So I've literally known her for half of my life. And that just blew my mind yesterday. Like, that's fucking insane. Okay, I've calmed down. I'm better. But yeah, he's doing good. Like, he's still playful. Like, after his surgery, he was so bad. Like, I wasn't here to witness it. But, like, my sister was telling me and my mom and, like, my aunt and my grandma, they were telling me that it was really bad, that he was so sad. But I think he's doing better. And hopefully he gets better. So now I have mocos and then I'm hearing Caritino play with his toy in the background. (laughs) Oh, that just makes me so happy because he's such a playful dog. And the fact that he was so sad and didn't want to play after his surgery. And I'm just like, my heart breaks. All right. Um, podcast updates. Remember to like the podcast or sub- is it subscribe. I don't know. I think if you like it on Spotify, you get like alerts or notifications when you like a new episode comes out and shit like that. But Give the podcast a five-star review. It helps with visibility. It helps with the algorithm. It helps more people 
subscribing to the podcast. Um, and then remember that I'm part of Pods Network. So if you want to check out other podcasts on the network, go to Pods, P-O-D-Z, network.com. All right, let's move on to our recommendations corner. It's very short. I finally watched fucking Barbie. Finally, dude. You know, I've been talking about watching Barbie since it came out. And like, I just didn't do it. I waited till it was streaming. And then I finally did. I watched it with my mom. It was really good. It was good. The scene where Barbie tells that old lady that she's beautiful. Oh my God. The, the fact the the fact that Barbie was crying for most of the of the movie same though, I'm Barbie. Barbie is me. We're all Barbie. Fucking <laughs> not Ken discovering the <laughs> what is it? Uh, patri- patriarchy. <laughs> this is a fucking matriarchy. One thing about my family, we're matriarch. Like we are a matriarchy run family. Our family is run by strong fucking women. So I, I I really enjoyed it. I did think there was too much Ken, though. It's the Barbie movie, not the Ken movie. Not the Ken movie. I, I get it. It's for, like, you know, the plot of the story, make, continuing, beginning to end, whatever. Um... I, I I liked it. It was good. It was a good watch. I enjoyed watching it. It was silly. It was stupid at times. My sister was like, I feel like you would like, because she watched it before me, even though, even though I was like, we should watch it together, you know, like sister bond. And then she watched it with her boyfriend. So rude and so fucking nasty of her. But whatever. She's like, you're into like feminism, right? And then she was, and then I'm like, yeah and she's like I feel like you would like it better than me I thought it was kind of cringe and then I'm like okay and then she was like we got into an argument because I was like you do know there's different types of feminism right and then she's like "Mm, well feminists wouldn't like you saying that and I'm like what the fuck is going on right now it was a weird conversation but I think she liked it too but she didn't like it as much um what else did my dog is my dog knocking at my door? Shut the fuck up, dude. I'm going to start sobbing. He's knocking at my door right now as I record this. All right. Um, That was a long intro. So let's get started with today's episode. And before that, I'm going to go hug my dog and give him a little kiss. Okay? Okay. All right. So when I was thinking of what I was going to do for the wrap-up episode, I was drawing a blank. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? Because usually it's like if I'm watching... Like a scary show, it's in a haunted house. I talk about like houses that are haunted or how do houses become haunted. If it's about something related to a case, I talk about a similar case. And then I'm just like, this is just a bunch of depressed teens partying, uh, doing drugs, having sex, drinking too much booze, getting in shit that they aren't supposed to be. And actually, it just gave me an idea. I was like, maybe I could talk about my growing up years, but that is not on the agenda for today. So something that interested me or and has always interested me is how the fuck did skins come about? Since it was such an iconic, controversial, infamous TV show when it first came out. So that's where my research started and then it like sprung up uh, from there. So... I found like an article and it's actually an interview with both of the co-creators, uh, 
It's called How We Made Skins. I'm going to link it to the description of this episode. So one of the co-creators is called Brian Alsley. And the other co-creator is his son. And I believe oh, his name is Jamie Breton. Breton, I think. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. So it, it starts, so like the first half is with Brian Elsley, And then the second, son, the second uh, part is with his son. So Brian Elsley had come up with some ideas for TV shows. And he was like, I'm going to run it. I'm going to run these ideas by my, by my son. So who was attending uh, university at that time and his son listened to him like to his dad's pitch and he was like that these like ideas for TV shows are outdated and then he's like why don't you just write a show about teenagers but one that actually means something. Brian wasn't sure of what his son meant so he asked his son Jamie to elaborate and they sat around the kitchen table and they came up with the concept for skins in like half an hour. So they proposed the idea to this guy called Danny Cohen, who was the head of E4, which was a tiny experimental digital channel, and he liked it, so he commissioned the show, and six months later, they were filming. So the casting process went, it was a little all over the place, but they first went to youth drama clubs and found teenagers like Daniel Kaluuya, and then they opened auditions and uh, were held, and that is how they found Kaya, which is Effie, Hannah Murray, which is Cassie, and Dev Patel, which is Anwar. And then they got Nicholas Holt, so Tony's character, after a casting director saw an article about him. And surprisingly, when they first talked to him, they were like, oh, he kind of lacks confidence, but he is very interesting and composed. And like, you know, the character of Tony has to have extreme confidence, overconfidence. So that's really interesting because it's just like, Nicholas Holt portrayed Tony so well, and you would think like, oh, Maybe he's playing himself, but not really. So that's that was like really crazy for me. Uh, so what? Where, where did I leave off? Off. Uh, so Brian's son Jamie said that since the show was his idea, basically he wanted to be a writer, and his dad was like not too sure at first. But after a heated discussion, uh, they agreed, and he had just dropped out of school. Um, so not only did he join the writing team. But his whole, like, the member of his flat, like, the people that he lived with, he also, like, they also all joined the writing team. And this is just, like, 20, 21-year-olds being asked to join a writing team for this TV show that turned into, like, this cult fucking sensation. That blows my fucking mind. Um, And after uh, the second season came to a wrap, uh, what's his name? What's his name? What's uh, Brian was asked. Um, what, what? Oh, he was asked a question about what his process was going to be when developing the third season. And that was when he decided he was like, it's going to be a completely different cast. And everyone thought he was crazy uh, for that. But that's where he came up with the concept of like first generation, second generation, third generation skits. And honestly, it works because like changing the ensemble of like, characters after two seasons it's good like we get them we get to know them we get to love them and then a new set of characters come in and you're just like now let me choose my favorite I really really enjoyed that concept I mean we've only 
been introduced to the first generation of characters, but still, mwah. first and second generation are my fave. If I had to choose, look, I'm such an Effie stan, and I know Effie comes out in both like first gen and second gen. She's the only recurring character. But second gen has this soft spot in my heart. And actually, when I was thinking of covering this TV show, I was like, should I just cover second generation? But no, I was like, first generation is so iconic as well. I just had to cover it first. So in the article or the interview, we also get Jamie Britton's perspective, obviously uh, Brian's son and co-creator slash writer of Skins, who mentions how his dad was at the time before Skins was famous for adapting uh, Ian Banks's novel, The Crow Road for television in the mid 1990s and how him and his dad had always bonded through film and television. So it was an easy transition to work with him. He mentions how his dad was a writer in his mid forties, very stubborn and set in his way, set in his way. So they did bump heads every now and then, but it was generally a pleasant working relationship. So just thinking about like the fact that Skins UK was written and created by a father son duo is so fucking crazy to me. Like it's so iconic. Um, and, and, um, Jamie does mention that when Skins first came about, he stole some ideas from other shows that were around at the time. And he mentions Lost uh, and how Lost was the reason why they decided to focus on a different character each episode. And another thing that they stole from Lost is how almost every episode from the first generation starts with someone's eyes opening or like they're asleep and then they open their eyes and stuff like that. And I think that was also like a thing in Lost. I don't know. I remember watching Lost when it first came out, but then I like stopped watching it. And I was like, if it was around 2007, I was 12 years old. So I probably shouldn't have been watching Lost or Skins, but I did. Honestly, I can't recall when was the first time I watched Skins TBH. Um, and then I'm like, um, what did it say? So for Jamie the son, he at first did not realize that Skins was a dark TV show because he was always into dark and bleak, bleak things as a teen. And even though Jamie was 21 when he began writing, he also brought in his little sister and her friends since the times were changing quickly. So it was like the start of like the digital age and like everyone had like a cell phone with a screen, blah, blah, blah. And they try to fill in the space with young people to make the show as authentic as possible. And he also acknowledges that they made skins work the first and second generations and how they did not quite get there for the third generation. But like a two-third ratio is a good ratio. Like you succeeded in giving us good TV the first two gens. And actually, I don't know why the third generation gets so much hate. I actually really enjoyed it. It was crazy, crazy um what was i gonna say all right and then the next article that i found is called 15 years ago skins broke new ground for teen dramas so actually when it came out it was last year but now it's 16 years ago skins aired and changed the teen television landscape for the better skins captured the dramatic depiction of teens having sex doing drugs partying and with roller coaster of romances it stood out, its skin stood out for its openness openness on speaking out about taboo topics such as mental health issues eating disorders substance abuse sexuality and death 
It also mentions how Effie is one of the characters that remain constant throughout more than one generation. Um, so Effie, who begins as Tony's quiet but wild little, sis- wild little sister in the first two seasons, and then Effie became an it girl for her aesthetic. And she Honestly, she was the queen of the depressed teen girl stereotype in Tumblr era, and she has become an international sensation as people redis- rediscover the show through TikTok. Honestly, we didn't get so much time with Effie during this first season, but the time that we did, iconic. And again, she didn't say anything till her episode. That was the first time she fucking talked. And she had such a huge impact. Like, mwah, chest kiss. And then one thing about Skins that is different from other, like, Hollywood TV show dramas, whatever, is that it casted actual teenagers to play the teen characters, which was a stark difference from Hollywood, which cast 20-somethings, sometimes even 30-somethings, to play teens in movies and shows. However, I don't recall, but I think it was Kaya Scodelario, which is Effie, um, the, the actress that played Effie. She was a teenager, and I feel like they were coming very dark. And sometimes, like, the topics there wasn't like a what is it called the intimacy coordinators at that time they had to do sex scenes as teenagers like this could also be very traumatic like growing up and experiencing this and like stuff like that so just something to keep in mind as to maybe why adult actors are casted as teen characters maybe to avoid that little trauma (laughs) i don't know just my two cents what uh, okay so this show launched the careers like i mentioned nicholas holt def patel daniel kaluuya kaya scodelario and they didn't mention chris who was in game of thrones he was gendry gendry right yeah, yeah yeah like the bastard son of king what was his face robert baratheon and then cassie was also in fucking um game of thrones she was what's her name uh what's her name hannah murray game of thrones she played oh what the fuck ah gilly in game of thrones she was the when they across the wall where the wildling oh she's five five (laughs) she's 34 years old She's 5'5", five five and she's she was uh, born in Bristol, UK. Um, I just Googled her. So, yeah, they also made it pretty big. Like, Game of Thrones was a good... And they, they were not major roles, but they were not minor roles at all. Um, and this article also mentions how the show portrays the not-so-glamorous underbelly of teens in its own painfully realistic sometimes controversial way and the impact of skins uh 16 years after it aired can be seen in shows like euphoria and we have like the u.s and i we will cover it in the other article i found was not doing tv shows like skins when skins came out in 2007 they weren't uh so the fact that nowadays they are a little bit more like pushing uh, boundaries and stuff like that like euphoria is a boundary pusher boundary pusher type of show with depiction of drugs and like mental health and you know stuff like that but skins walked or skins ran 
so euphoria could walk. No, what's the saying, dude? I'm so bad at sayings. I'm so fucking bad at sayings. All right, so the last article I read is called The Face Article. Well, I, I think it had like a really long name, but I think the website is called The Face. I don't know. Again, it will be linked to the description if you want to partake, if you want to read it. And okay, so the actual like saying is skins walked so euphoria could run. And then it's called bringing pill popping hedonism and teen struggles with mental health to the fore. 15 years after the show premiered, the writer spoke with two teachers. Um, so the writer of the article spoke with two teachers working in secondary schools and asked them if the show was actually reflective of real world issues or if it was just standing in the way of control. So the writer of this article actually mentioned that they were 12 when the show aired. Same bestie, same. And she had been bracing herself for the moment, like the show uh, came out since the moment the promo was released, which was really captivating to her and horrifying for others. And again, the promo for the first season of Skins UK will be linked to the description. Dude, how will you how could you not be captivated by the video like let me like just describe it to you it's like sexy they're making out they're playing with like a foam they're semi-nude they're making out there's sexual tension it's beautiful it's beautiful it's what we all wanted parties to be like when we were growing up were they like that no absolutely fucking not to this day i have not gone to a party like that if anyone knows parties like that well those are probably sex parties i don't think i want to go to a sex party well (laughs) just kidding just kidding okay so the article continues to some this show was about appalling appalling behaved teenagers who skipped school vandalized private property disrespected adults and disregarded the law in pursuit of pill-popping hedonism. However, to others, it was a well-intentioned and welcome exploration of the darker aspects of adolescence, sex, drugs, domestic violence, neglect, eating disorders, and mental health. And when it aired, this show was the complete opposite of the teenagers that American television was depicting. For example, Gilmore Girls, which I'm currently watching, and the OC. Also, Gilmore Girls, obviously, complete opposite of Skins UK, but still very well, like, written show. Um, The teen genre was seen as very unrelatable through the U.S. lens, and most teen characters were played by adults, I already mentioned, but this show was different since it was written by a father-son duo, and it casted teens. Acne and all. Yes, a lot of the teens had acne. (laughs) We were not hiding. Something I really enjoy about british tv and like british actors is that they don't fix their teeth the u.s has this fascination with like perfect teeth veneers i hope and 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 i really like that like some actors in the uk they keep their fucked up teeth i think fucked up teeth gives personality i don't want to see your perfect ass veneer ass chiclet ass looking teeth i don't I want to see your real teeth. Can we bring real teeth back? Please, I'm begging you. I can't stand veneers. Please, please. Can we all do a change.org to like ban veneers? Oh, you could use them if you really truly need them. But if you don't need them and if you have good teeth, please stop. Stop doing that to your teeth. I'm begging you. <laughs> 
Um, and of course, this was enticing to young people nationwide. That it was written by a father-son duo. That teens were casted. Blah blah blah. The topics that were covered, and um, and, if, and it mentions have times have of course changed. And American TV is more drastic now when portraying uh, teenagers. They give the example of Euphoria, and then it says, however, Skins has not lost its spark after all these years. Teenagers and TikTok are lip-syncing dialogue from the show, so that means that it's relatable even now, and having compilations of Effie with her signature look, smudge eyeliner, smudge lipstick, fishnets, the dark feminine energy. Oh, I stand. That's what we all, we all wanted to look like Effie. I have, I drew Effie. Like, I literally took a shot of, like, one of like second generation episodes she's looking up at the sky her eyes look fucking beautiful and i drew her was it a good drawing it was an okay drawing i think i did pretty all right (laughs) and like one of the questions is like what do teachers who were there at the time of the premiere think of the show all this time later one of the teachers um teacher Marek or Mr. Marek, I don't know, who was interviewed was 59 when the show aired and remembered that the show caused quite a stir with the young population. So it's like, unlike the heterosexual, white, and predominantly upper middle class characters shown in other famous TV shows of the times, Skins mirrored the same disparities that were apparent in school, like this teacher, since there were children of completely different backgrounds, but they were still friends regardless of their economical background. The same way that Skins showed how they all coexisted, even as the viewer was made aware of these like socioeconomic differences. For example, Cassie's parents being present but emotionally negligent and diminishing her eating disorder. And then another example is Chris suffering in silence when his mom abandoned him and literally left him alone as a 16-year-old. For another teacher, Anne, who was 48 at the time, the skin's portrayal also ran true to her. She mentions that she was also teaching at a school with a lot of students of different socioeconomic backgrounds. And she also talked about how a uniform had to be implemented later to diminish the visual disparities between the students. Um, she also talks about how teens in the U.S. dramas were always clean, and then we're giving a then in Skins we're given a character like Sid who is grabbing dirty clothes off of the floor and wearing these ridiculous outfits. In another article quoted on this one, the writer describes Effie as melodramatic and completely unrealistic, but that was the point. Effie is a characterization of how teenage girls feel, but not how they actually are. And even though Effie was unrealistic, these types of exaggerated characters were appealing to teenagers because they made them feel seen. This actually, this teacher actually brings, uh, this actually, this teacher actually thinks that this show glamorized being a weirdo with issues, which unintentionally glamorized some serious and unhealthy habits. The first teacher that uh, I mentioned, Marek, mentioned, uh, talked about how around 2007 to through 2010, eating disorders skyrocketed, skyrocketed, and it wasn't just one person, but two, three, five, ten that were all experiencing eating disorders. The show also brought on like skins parties, which ended with damage to property, along with buckets of vomit, urinating in gardens and smashing cars. But Morek, the teacher, does not remember a significant change in party culture in the age of skins since since partying for teens in the UK usually starts around 14 years old, which is pretty young.
Uh, and then Anne, the other teacher, went to teach at a school in Mexico, and she was shocked by how innocent the children were in comparison to the teens in the UK. She mentions how the kids in London were always trying to be adults, or at least pretending to be, while the kids and teenagers in Mexico were just that, kids, teenagers. Um... And I thought that was really interesting, especially coming from like, I'm Mexican, I have like, I live in a border town, so I was exposed to drinking. I wasn't exposed to drinking as early. I started drinking like around 16 and obviously like, obviously my parents didn't like that and like I would get grounded and shit like that. But like, I do know private school people started drinking even younger because they usually lived on Mex like the Mexican side and then they were... I, I don't know if they were given more access to like alcohol and stuff like that because they had money. I don't know. But I didn't start drinking until I was like 16. And then like I, as soon as I turned 18, like I was living in a border town so I could go clubbing, you know. But that's interesting. Like the fact that the, you know, teenagers in the UK were like drinking heavily at such a young age and like doing drugs and partying party culture is just really like mind-boggling to me in comparison to Mexican teens and like I, I wonder what it's like in America well I mean I did grow up in America but like I wonder if by state it's different obviously right like it has to be different like when did y'all start drinking when did y'all start doing drugs I just <laughs> Not me being the feds, not me trying to rat you out. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the feds. I promise. I promise. Um, but yeah, those are the three articles I covered. Um, if you want to read them all, they're going to be in the episode's description. And now let's move on to the next part of this episode. All right, fucked up fam, we've got into the last segment of this wrap up episode where I'm going to be interviewing a friend uh about skins uk so just to give you some background i posted on the that show f me up instagram like who was also raised by skins uk and my friend terry responded that they were also raised by skins uk and i was like let's set it up let's talk about it so terry is right here uh terry thank you for joining me and just a little bit introduce yourself who are you what do you do how are you associated with the podcast? How did you find it? Just, you know, a little background on yourself. Yeah. Ooh, thank you for having <laughs> me, Marielle. This is I'm a long so time excited. coming. This is I such know. a long time coming. <laughs> I know. I've been a listener since day one. You know, we're on season 11. I'm so proud of you. I love seeing you, like, follow your passions, not just with the podcast, but with everything that you do. Terry. I am such a fan. No, I'm sorry. But, like, for real, though, you deserve your flowers. Um, but, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm Terry. I'm the friend Terry that you reference sometimes. All the time. All the time. <laughs> it's so funny because uh, my other friends are just, like, I'm, like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friend. And I'm, I'm usually, and they're like, oh, Terry and Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have told us that too. I love that shit, for real. Um, but yeah, I we went to high school together. We played tennis together. We go way back. And then I moved to San Diego two years ago, right around the 
time to start your podcast actually and then I was like you know who lives in San Diego Mariel I'm gonna make sure I hit her up some more while, while I lived on here so and that's what we did and you talk about how we have Korean barbecue sometimes we went out to sushi like earlier this season you talked about it so I just love that we got a chance to reconnect after you know doing our own thing for university and shit isn't it so crazy that it's almost our 10-year high school reunion, Terry? Yo, we're in 2024. <laughs> You're so right. Who's planning that? Is that Dude, happening? ASB. I, I can already <laughs> tell you who I think is planning that, but we will keep it off the record. <laughs> okay, for, for You real. probably already know who's planning that, too, for our year. <laughs> um, I'm going to pretend I don't. That- <laughs> Yeah, well, like Terry mentioned, we reconnect, we reconnected once she moved to San Diego, and it's been a lot of fun. Just like, cause we literally, we literally hadn't seen each other since we graduated high school, probably. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's literally and years. Bonding over the podcast, TV shows, movies. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I rediscovered my Medea obsession last time we hung out, even though Tyler Perry is being problematic, or I think he's being problematic so I was like why is it every time that I sing praises for someone like something problematic about them comes out and then I'm just like oh fuck (laughs) you know that's just how it is I stopped following celebrities for that reason like can I just enjoy your art without having to know anything else about you (laughs) it's a fucking lootly I always say that it's about the art and not about the artist or about the creator or whatever you have to separate the two because at the end of the day the artist is human so obviously they're gonna yeah. fuck up. They could be horrible fucking people for all I know. And at the end of the day, if I like your art, I like your art. I don't have to necessarily like you. I agree a hundred percent. For me, it's like I'd rather be ignorant. Like I don't even want to find out about the problematic stuff. Cause once I find out it like does kill the mm. vibe a little bit. Sometimes I can see past it. It just depends on the person. Yeah. But yeah, Tyler Perry, very divisive. I hear like in the black community like it's hit or miss but I mean because they he tends to like appease to white people and like Hollywood and stuff like that but you know what get your bag sometimes like sometimes it's like yeah. that sometimes like, you gotta sell out to get that bag yeah I'm not gonna judge someone if I had the opportunity would I sell out in a fucking heartbeat like I'm trying to get out of like I'm trying to buy my parents house I'm like I'm trying to like help other people it's not just about me at this point you know uh okay after this little rant (laughs) the socioeconomic (laughs) (laughs) okay let's move on to skins uk so terry tell us a little bit about the impact that skins uk had in your life when you first watched it as a teen yeah as a teen i literally have memories of me watching it on netflix in my room like pretty much I wanted to like I wish I could have my door locked (laughs) like the way I did not want anyone to find out what I was watching just because it was absolutely like there's no first off there's no way this is allowed on tv second off there's no way that an adult supervision would allow me to watch it same but I watched the first two generations mainly the third generation was kind of like I don't know I kind of didn't care for the character the same way but the first two generations damn they fucked me up like I didn't grow up on Degrassi I didn't grow up on any of the other like teen shows like this so it was like truly my only like lens 
into this kind of like genre of TV. And also I think it added to the fact that it was from the UK that it also just made me create a whole stereotype of UK teens of like, they're allowed to drink at a younger age. They're doing all these drugs, all these things. Also mind you in high school, like I thought I was like straight edge or whatever. So <laughs> that also played a role of like, oh, that's cool. Like that's what other teens in other places do, but not me. I can just watch it. But I enjoy it, but I enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. What do you think yeah. the drink was? Was it just that like, oh my God, they're my same age. They're fucking doing drugs, having sex, drinking. Um, Like, was it that, like, that it was such kind of like a taboo subject, like, where we grew up? I think, yes, 100% the taboo side of it. And then the other part, it also just let me be like, you know what? I mean, everyone's home life is so fucked up. Like, you really get to dive deep into every character like find out why they are the way that they are, why they seek out the risky behaviors that they seek out. And then also like as an adult, having rewatched it this for this season, for the pod, I'm like, oh, like <laughs> everyone's yeah. fucked up. Like in the <laughs> and that was actually yeah, one was of like, my questions. I was like gonna mm-hmm. ask you like what was how did the experience like differ from when you were a teen and an adult because for me it's so funny that you mentioned the grassy next generation when I watched it as a teen I have like this specific favorite character but when I watched it as an adult I'm like I fucking hate her like she's so fucking annoying like what did I see in her back then so it's just like our mentalities have changed and I guess I guess we developed that <laughs> or like our brain <laughs> fully fucking developed so we are able to be like more what's the word that I'm looking for? Not responsible watchers, but we're just more responsible, I guess, now. I don't know what it is. Yeah, something like that. I think also just the lens that we see it from, like, I, to an extent, I'm not gonna lie, I bet our teenage brains were kind of like, I wish that was me. Like, or I wish I could be doing some fuck shit and, like, get away with it or go behind my parents' back or, you know, all these things. But as an adult, I'm like, damn, these kids need help. Like, someone get these kids some therapy. <laughs> like, and, it'll and some of them so were. many years. <laughs> well, the fact that, like, you mentioned, like, their home lives, and that's true. Like, I feel like it. that's why it made it so realistic also. Just, like, seeing mm-hmm. how they were all so different, but they were all kind of fucked up. Like, the parents that were there, but weren't there really like the mom that chose her boyfriend over her daughter, like the mom that like left her son and stuff like that. The parents that like the submissive mother and like the dominant father kind of dynamic. And you're just like, fuck. Like no wonder people related to this show so much, not only because of like all the fun stuff and by fun, I mean fun and like (laughs) quotations. (laughs) But yeah, it, it was such an experience both times, like watching it as a teen and as, and as an adult. Um, question, who was your favorite character from the first generation? And you could do it, like you could have different ones from like your different uh, watching experiences. Um, I honestly don't remember who I liked uh, when I watched the, the watched it the first time as a teen. I think I just kind of absorbed it of like, dang, like this is just a lot. Like 
there's little bits of everybody that felt relatable but then the second rewatch I don't know I, I guess I just have to go for the like drama free or the less drama characters like gel gels in her bag like fucking like composer musician like she's really just doing it for herself Maxie was so like non-problematic like he's just gay and just trying to live his life he's and his tap friends dancing are kind of away yeah. yeah oh yeah <laughs> literally tap dancing yeah love maxi um love the representation love me a little you know queer little gay guy um but yeah i feel i think you mentioned it in an earlier episode like tony's episode like he's such a fan favorite like I think as teenagers we were attracted to him or like bad boy type yeah. vibes. But what as an adult, I'm like, he's a sociopath. Like a- he has personality disorders. Absolutely. Um, and we could talk about the episode, like what he did that was super fucking problematic. Like the fact that you're trying to get yeah. your girl back by posting pic naked or like semi-naked pictures of like this yeah. girl on her brother's phone and then sending like just coming up with that idea like to me like I would have never ever in my fucking life thought of that it doesn't matter if it's like someone I fucking hate I would have never thought of that so it's just like he's a horrible fucking person is does he have like good characteristics or like there are times throughout the show where he's a decent human being and we know that his soft spot is his little sister so then seeing it like Mm -hmm like it turned around and he's now the victim and something horrible is happening to him at first i'm just like well dude karma's a fucking bitch you know yeah yeah but then i'm just like what the other dude what josh did i was just like what the fuck is up with these teenagers man yeah dude apparently even with medication like they're just fucked up like josh like (laughs) psycho like complete psychotic like i have no idea I think I mentioned that in one of the episodes, but if a guy tells you that he's fucking crazy, you believe him. Yep. And and I apply that to just men in general in my life. Like, when they're like, oh, you're too good for me. I'm gonna believe you. Because first of all, men don't know how to yeah. lie. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I would even extend it past men sometimes. Like, there are just wild people out there just running amok. Um, I think also, again, it's like the show is drama. Like, I'm not out here thinking like, oh, this is based on true life events. But at the same time, it's like you have basically a storyline about what, if you just give it a blanket statement, is revenge porn, essentially. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, we also know of direct experiences in which this actually has does happen in high schools and does happen like at this age so at the same time it's like it's not that far off and that's also the wild part of like this is a teen drama this is like explicit content to the point where it really pushes that boundary of like does it feel real or you know is it just drama for tv but it's like no we like are aware of people who went on vendors who we're on drugs when we were in high school who participated in revenge porn when we were in high school like absolutely so is like it's just really uncanny I think as an adult to rewatch that and relive that also to me rewatching it this time around brought 
uh, brought, I feel like I connected a lot with Euphoria because I think Euphoria mm. is like that is the same thing, but today. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the articles that I covered for this wrap-up episode mentioned that. Oh. It was just, like, Skins UK walked so Euphoria could run, and it kind of, like, draws parallels. And it also mentions mm -hmm. how, like, American TV was so vanilla when Skins UK came out. Like, American TV in 2007, Gilmore Girls, which I'm currently watching, and it's just, like, the complete opposite of what skins mm -hmm. uk is you know like it does have like some subjects like sex like drinking but it's very minimal it's very like white american suburbia like type of shit and these kids were like fighting for their life <laughs> like literally the only other show that comes to mind around that time and i don't even know the dates but secret life of an american teenager i don't remember if you talked about it you may have brought it up at the beginning of the season but that also I agree it was also very like western American lens of like very taboo and I watched that show as well and I remember it being a lot of like the it was supposed to teach the moral of like why you shouldn't get pregnant and yeah school, it was like Christian you know? propaganda <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> literally yeah 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 of like no she still wants to like marry like the father so that they can still have their like little fam nuclear family so and fucking like annoying it's like it's no so fucking dude, annoying. that's not real life <laughs> it's first of all it's not realistic at all second of all teenagers getting married like that just makes me want to puke uh, <laughs> like, please live a little fuck other people please like i'm begging you <laughs> i'm fucking dead uh okay I also wanted to comment, Giles also one of my favorite characters. Maxie's mm -hmm. so unproblematic. It's mm -hmm. just like, and you know what I also enjoyed about those two characters? They weren't afraid to speak their mind. Like, Giles, like, like, stood up to her dad. And she, and I thought that was so fucking powerful when she was like, like, it's not my fault that I look like my mom. Like, you know, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that fucking wrecked me. Because that. obviously, like, what we get uh, we don't get like the whole story but we kind of get like some background on like her mom and like she left and like and like first of all she left you blah 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 and no, not only did she leave you she left yeah. us you know so we're all going yeah. through it like stop trying to take it out on us and like yeah. the whole thing of like the teenagers being the adults or having to try to be the adults especially like in Cassie's also her parents like they're out here like free free love hippies kind of like drawing naked po naked portraits of the mom of the muse all throughout the house and you're just like that's cool to an extent your daughter has an eating disorder step it the fuck up you know yeah such irresponsible adults all throughout the show and I'm just like parents oh, man, yeah. there's something called abortion just <laughs> and also <laughs> do better <laughs> Yeah, and then with Jell also, the way she stood up to the school counselors or whoever they were that told her to, like, present herself in a certain way. Yes. Um, she didn't give, gave zero fucks. <laughs> and then with Maxi, the way, yeah, he really stood up for himself, to especially to Anwar, um, and just seemed, you could tell he was hurt, but he also had this confidence about him of how he was not going to let anyone, not even his best friend, make him feel ashamed or guilty for being who he is so i think yeah i love those parts yeah i think that was probably also wholesome. yeah a good message to give out teens that were probably closeted mm -hmm. at the time just like empowering 
them to like be yeah. their true selves. So I really appreciated that storyline. And I feel I feel like we already talked about it, but least favorite characters, uh, Tony, obviously. Who else? Tony. Who, who else? Do you bring Sid to the table? is just. <sighs> Sid is a wanker. <laughs> Sid is so fucking stupid. He's so dumb. Kind of useless. Like he's not even a good pothead. Like, yeah. Yeah. Things don't work out for him. Like you want to feel sorry for him, and then he just does stupid shit. And I'm like, sorry, Sid. Like I have no empathy for you. Yeah. Yeah, Sid. Uh, for Michelle, I'm just like, girl. Stop getting manipulated. <laughs> Please. Yeah. She's got to want that for herself. Honestly. We're all rooting for you, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, we were all rooting for you. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love the Tyra Banks. And she continues to disappoint. And... All the time. Yeah. All throughout. Um, I can't wait till I cover season two of this, Jen, because I feel like shit pops off and... But I'm excited. I, I'm going to take a little break because I was at first I was just like, oh, I'm going to do both of the seasons at the same time. No break. And then I'm like, fuck, this is a lot of skins. This is too much teen <laughs> trauma. I need to decompress. I need some other type of trauma. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, do whatever you got to do. I hear you. I was literally trying to finish up. No, what happened? I watched up until uh episode eight effie and finale i had to take a break like i literally took like days off of not binge watching and then like cold turkey needed a break like before i jumped into what i knew were gonna be like the heaviest episode and the cliffhanger i totally forgot about this cliffhanger until i rewatched it about tony getting ran over like regina george from mean girls yeah literally (laughs) and i agree and then you mentioned also in that episode, like the musical number was really weird. That also confused me, but it was yeah, so we got through fucking it. Fucking weird. It was so weird. Yeah, we got through it, and here we are at the end of season eleven with you finally as a guest. Look at you. Look yeah, at so me. We've come so here. so fucking far. Fun fact: like this is eleven seasons coming that I'm on the pod. Fun fact: when you first announced your podcast and you were taking suggestions i remember i suggested skins i was like this Stop. is a show that fucked me up and here we are 11 seasons later it's really come full circle terry mm-hmm. it's it really literally... has for me holy shit mm-hmm. wow i that didn't even remember that thank you for sharing that fun fact that's amazing yeah. oh my god when i hear because i knew i had no idea what direction you were taking the pod all i knew was the title and I'm like, if we're talking about shows that fucked us up, Skins UK fucked me up, for sure. Absolutely. I was, like, I had a very similar experience watching it when I was a teen. I was like, I don't even think, I don't even know where the fuck I was watching it. It was one of those pirated websites. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even remember having a lap. Like, when did I get a computer? Like, I don't even know where I would watch it, Terry, but I was also hiding. And like, because obviously I didn't want my parents to walk in and they're in the middle of a sex scene mm-hmm. or they're in the middle of like doing hard drugs or partying. Um, So I had a very similar experience. And obviously I was intrigued by it because I feel like I didn't party a lot in high school, but I did like go to little parties and stuff like that. Like I had my first drink at like 16 um 
but it was mm-hmm. very like i said very vanilla very fucking vanilla like i wanted to go to fucking ragers yeah <laughs> and i yeah. never got to experience that i'm just like this is fake news this is fucking fake news right here that's funny fake propaganda <laughs> that's funny i love hearing your perspective from it because for me i'm like are kids doing this i don't know like i i was so far removed from it all yeah but But like you said we knew people that were doing drugs that Mm -hmm. were having sex because they literally od (laughs) didn't we have a few people od literally in our high school i don't know i didn't know them personally i just remember like the news traveling maybe i remember the the revenge porn one because that was mm-hmm. a whole huge deal. That was wild. Yeah. I remember... What else? Like... Fuck it. You know what I remember? Do you remember that movie? What was that movie called? That it was like a party movie. Ah, uh, do you remember? It came out when you were like in junior high or in high school. Uh, Project X. Like, like people wanted to have oh, a Project yeah. X type of parties and stuff like that and they were always <laughs> advertising it like that and it was fucking lame yeah. like yeah 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 I was trying to live my skin's life and just go get crazy but that never happened nah. not until I became an adult and I was responsible when I was over 21 I just <laughs> if you're listening parents yes um but I also think like gen 2 gets even more wild and like all the drama oh, that's a whole other thing gen um, 2 I is yeah. really dark yeah 100 percent. yeah that that really fucked me up i remember there was only one other person that i would talk to about skins in high school that was gustavo our valedictorian yeah um i love and- it our valedictorian <laughs> he was a, a gates uh what is it called a gates a, a gates recipient oh yeah the scholarship <laughs> yeah. um yeah shout out to him we used to talk about it all the time like gen 2 every storyline like just fucked us up and i from my memory like that's really the only other person i talked to in high school about watching the show other than that like i felt like either it was kept under wraps or again there was like this like "Mm, do I talk about it do I bring it up but not because it's like then then you know what I watch and all these things so it's like I had no idea that you watched it as well but I know we could have bonded about this I know like rides to San Diego for like tennis matches and shit like that yeah remember (laughs) those bus rides yeah uh Terry was uh a Nikki stan just kidding Oh my god! <laughs> and they were always rapping Roman's Revenge. Just kidding. them. Tell me, exposing out. you for real. I'm like, I this was a oh, I was I was trying to remember what they're called. A barb. <laughs> I call myself a barb in recovery. Okay, like I love that. I fucking love that. <laughs> we're in 2024. New yes. era, different Nikki. <laughs> I don't subscribe to her like oh, that anymore. I know. Oh my god, totally different, Nikki. Um. Okay. Any last minute things you want to share about Skins UK? Your experience? Anything that comes to mind? Um. No, not really. This is like thank you for having me on the pod and us reliving the trauma that is Skins. Um. The only final plug I had was that this pod made me a My Flanagan stand. 
So I'm excited for whenever you cover the newest show. And yeah. I'm an I'm announcer right now. For season twelve of that show, fuck me up. I will be co I covering it. the fall of the House Usher, Mike Flanagan's latest TV show. Ooh. Terry, that was a perfect transition. This is amazing. Yes, You're I'm going to be covering that TV show, and I'm super fucking excited. I'm super excited. That's my little intermittent I break between skits. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you're welcome for that segue. And the minute that I saw, <laughs> first off, and then the minute that I saw that new show drop on Netflix, I already knew, like, oh, Mariel is covering this. I'm just going to wait and watch it. Absolutely. Cover it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you haven't watched it? No, I'm Stop. waiting for your part. Terry, I adore. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, well, I'm going to be covering it next season. So you just wait and see because it's going to blow your fucking that. mind. <laughs> and then more drama trauma yes more trauma two. <laughs> yeah the only thing that i'm gonna give you a little spoiler not really a spoiler you won't get as attached as other like like with characters as other mike flanagan shows just a little mm. but it's really fucking good and that's all i'm gonna okay. tell you you gotta see for yourself why <laughs> i love that i can't wait to watch thank you so yes. much <laughs> All right, and you want to plug social media? You want anyone to know anything about you? This is your time to shine. Um, I'm good. Uh, Rich and Sassy, that's my Instagram. Go ahead and follow. Um, but yeah. All right, were you at one point Planetarium? That was my Twitter. Not oh, okay. <laughs> back in the day, back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, all right. Cool. Thank you so much for uh, joining, Terry. This was a lovely, lovely chat. I had so much fun reliving my Skins UK trauma uh, with you. We should do this more often. <laughs> I agree. Over sushi, over Korean barbecue. Yes. I would love to. Fuck yeah. Let's okay, just a little plug. Let's play for tennis too, by the way. We can yes, do this offline. let's go play tennis. And for New Year's, like on the 31st, I brought stuff from H Mart and me and my family had Korean barbecue. It was lovely. I love that so much. Yes. Oh, it was lovely. I love I that. <laughs> All I right. Liked it. Oh, they fucking love it. My grandma was here. My aunt was here. My my little cousin was here. They all, we just had like a community oh. moment and shared food outside. It was mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> I love that so much. But yeah, we'll get together and talk more about TV shows, movies, and then we'll go play tennis. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Take care. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. All right, Fucked Up Fam. We have gotten to the end of the episode. As mentioned in the guest portion of this episode, I already told you we're going to be covering the fall of the House of Usher uh, for season 12 of that show. Fuck me up. Yay. I, I know I always say this, but I'm literally so fucking excited. Like, I'm ecstatic to cover this show. Like, y'all know Mike Flanagan has, like, this soft spot in my heart. But this fucking show, dude. Like, that man went off. He did that. He fucking did that. I mean, he's been doing that. But this show, mwah, chef's kiss. It was so different from his other shows. So I really, like, respect that versatility of just, like, he has been giving us hits after hits. 
Uh, what else? What else? As always, I'm going to take a little hiatus. Ooh, she's so fancy with her word hiatus. A little break. Uh, it might be two weeks. It might be three weeks. I don't know. I have so much sh- sh- work to do before I get to drop the first episode of season 12. If you hear my dogs barking in the background, ignore them. They're being super fucking uh, annoying right now. I love them. Um, what else? But yeah, this has been fun. So you already know the drill. Follow the podcast on social media, on Instagram, where that show effed me up, effed is spelled E-F-F-E-D. On Twitter, where that, D-A-T, show fucked me up, fucked is spelled without the U, so it's F-C-K-E-D-ing. Give the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It helps with disability. It helps the algorithm. It helps more people join the fucked up fab and become part of the shared psychosis that we all experience when we listen to my beautiful little voice. Um, what else? What else? If you leave a written review, I'll give you a little kiss on the mouth next time I see you. So that's quite a perk if you ask me. Am I a good kisser? Absolutely. Well, I add tongue. Well, it depends how good the review is. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, keeping up with me these 11 seasons. For those that have come and gone, for those that have stayed, I appreciate y'all. If you've even just listened to one of my episodes, I appreciate you. You're fucking amazing. I adore you. I want to give you a hug. And I want to comfort you and I want to cure all of your traumas. And I hope and pray that you're never, ever sad, ever. Again, thank you so much for listening. And remember, be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye.